Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu, and I'm really excited for today because I'm always interested in getting people thinking outside the box, outside of traditional modes, changing the world. And today's going to be a fascinating discussion on Web3, decentralization, owning your content. It's going to be fascinating. I'm And I'm happy to welcome Dr. Melissa Walsh. And she's actually, she's, she's a board certified physician, uh, OBGYN. She's a Web3 healthcare advocate, public speaker, and she's got a wealth of knowledge in this field. So Melissa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's great to be here and spread the word of Web3 outside of just uh, crypto. We were talking, you know, we we're talking backstage and it's almost like if you listen to the news, it's like you, you're automatically inclined to think that this field or industry has no future whatsoever. But um, tell the audience about your background, your training, your story and how you got into this space. Yeah, so um, I'm, you know, as you said, board certified OBGYN. I've been in practice um, encompassing residency for about 13 years. I was a very much on a traditional public service pathway. Um, my husband actually um, got into Web3 NFTs. He's a musician and the first ever crypto punk rapper, Spotty Wi-Fi. So through his journey and supporting him, I started learning more about Web3 and the different applications of the technology. Um, and that's how I got into learning how fascinating and just revolutionary this technology can be for the healthcare field. Yeah, I know, you know, a lot of physicians, they're still struggling. They're still on social media and they're just getting into it right now. Um, really miss the train. Tell, you know, and then one of the most common questions I get is, um, what is Web3? You know, is it? what did help people grasp this concept yeah so i mean my first ever understandings of what web 3 could be were referencing that movie ready player one where somebody's in a vr headset and they're interacting in the world through you know the connectivity of the internet but through a virtual space so what i think of with web 3 is just another layer of technology on top of our current internet so the way that our internet now lets us have this Zoom, lets us have emails, transactions, all of that. With Web3, it's another layer of technology that kind of encodes trust between those interactions versus what we have now, which is just us putting 
data out there and not really knowing where it's going. Yeah, I love that. And this idea of concept of um, it's this idea of, um, you know, the first iterations was read and web two was like read, write, and now you can own it. And a lot of people, they want to engage, um, they want to communicate with the audience. You know, most of them are physicians and they're thinking, okay, so is, you know, how is web three different than uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter? Is this another platform? What What is your response? Yeah, I think that's, you know, a big uh, barrier to onboarding in this space is like an understanding an education about what technology really means. And as physicians, you know, we hate learning another EMR, another platform, another series of clicks. And this isn't that. This is enabling the current technology that we have, but allowing us to have more ownership over our actions, over our identity within the space. Um, and I think that, you know, that's really the way forward for affecting a lot of industries, especially medicine. Yeah, because um, like, a, you know, studying this space, talking to a lot of industry leaders such as yourself, and, you know, one of the biggest barriers is uh, education and, you know, understanding the technology. I kind of want to talk a little bit about, you know, this idea of um, where in the past you were this idea of how you're going to be interacting in Web3 with um, decentralized wallets, just kind of, you know, overarching theme is, you know, this idea of like you're in comparison to logging into Instagram or Facebook, how is like Web3, how are you going to be interacting? So um give you an example of like one of my first intros to Web3 outside of NFTs or, you know, non-fungible tokens. And for those who don't know about NFTs, it basically is code that lets you own your creation. So like my husband produces music. This is how he is able to own that music digitally and tie it to, you know, physical means as well. So if you take that concept of owning something digitally, you should be able to own your identity and own your credentials, own your license. That is what enables us to lawfully practice in this country, in this world. Um, so the first um, organization that I came to know in Web3 was the HPEC um, group. It stands for Humanitarian Physician Empowerment Community. Um, it's a platform started by Dr. Leah Houston. She created this platform so that all of your diplomas, credentials, licenses could be put onto a digital wallet so that every time you need to get a new license or license renewal in a different state, et cetera, it's just all in one place. You don't have to go through this, you know, three month, six month long process confirming again that you graduated from medical school the same time you've always graduated. So, um, you know, that is like one big direct use case of this technology that I felt like was like an aha moment. This clicks. This is something that we should have. It would save everybody time. It would save everybody money because, you know, millions are lost with onboarding um, new healthcare professionals. Yeah. Yeah. It's in interesting because um, you talked in talking about uh, non-fungible tokens. If mainstream people are listening to this, they're thinking, oh, non-fungible tokens, it's, um, you know, pump and dump, it's scams, it's, you know, but there's actually a lot of utility in it. Um, you just touched on some of the utilities with uh, medicine and some of the applications. 
um, go into further, like in terms of the potential of using this technologies, you talked about digital identity, but um, there's other applications that non-fungible tokens can be used in healthcare. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's, um, you know, it's still very early in the development and scaling of the technology, but just the basic concept that this this code of Web3 of NFTs allows for that data ownership can also tie to tokenization through NFTs to your healthcare data. Um, and that can you know, be de-identified for population health um, studies and improvements, but also for just the transfer of healthcare records between systems. That is something that, you know, sounds like a far out fantasy, but they're actually doing it in um, this country called Estonia um, out in the North Baltics, um, a system, you know, a private blockchain that allows for interoperability between different healthcare access points, whether it be a clinic, a hospital, and for the integration of those healthcare data, uh, which, you know, would be a game changer for us in the States if you didn't have to wait for a fax to get your healthcare records in. I, I haven't used the fax machine in over 20 something years. <laughs> so it's funny that, yeah. um, you know, healthcare organizations are still, you know, relying on this technology, but uh, it's uh, yes, fax machines and pagers. We're keeping it alive. You know, the other thing is, um, you know, you mentioned these, uh, this idea of um, data, but, you know, for example, in the States, you know, you go to one clinic or hospital and then you go to a new clinic hospital you have to start all over again it's like and there's like this you know so much waste and time wasted you know it's like so much friction tell us more like how um you know you you talked about credentialing and you know but uh you know there's other applications as well which is quite interesting yeah so um i mean the in addition to you know digital identity and credentialing, you could also think of digital identity and your healthcare records. So uh, what they do in Estonia is that when a baby is born, that triggers a sequence services and records that are created from you know public health registration to their birth certificate, social security equivalent over there. So if you have that digital identity created from the onset of your life, every health event could be tied to that record so that when you go to your next healthcare provider, you don't need to reinvent the wheel, ask your mom for records from, you know, whatever time, it'll all just be tied to you. And the encryption level of the code also is more HIPAA compliant than what we have now. I mean, the fax machine is not very HIPAA compliant. Web3 um, tech and coding does allow for that. And it doesn't mean that each system will need to install a new EMR or all get on the same kind of uh, software version. This technology allows for data to be taken from different systems and integrate them so that you can have just one complete record. If you go further from that, thinking about everything that's tied to your healthcare record. So when you see a physician and, you know, whatever is going on in that visit, we can just concentrate more on the visit and the interaction with the patient, record our note, because that's never going to go away. That's as old as time but all of the things that are tied to that record 
of that visit, such as their medical billing, their pharmaceutical you know, history, as well as new prescriptions, all of those things can be tied into that. And because the nature of blockchain of Web3 tech is to create an immutable, uneditable audit trail that's time stamped, that further lends it to healthcare uses because now we have everything tied from the healthcare data to the billing and coding, revenue management, and the supply chain with um, the pharmaceutical records. So it's a lot of different things that all come down to that data that's produced by the healthcare record that comes from us um, who provide the care. In like I said, this way you're describing, you know, the future of healthcare, the um, use of data, the use of blockchain. One thing I wanted to touch upon is um, how you're seeing AI being incorporated into blockchain and these these new technologies. Yeah, so that's another exciting aspect of it because um, AI, machine learning, you know, AI has been around. AI has been integrated into our society even without us knowing. Um, now we're just getting to interact with it more, a little more directly. But because the blockchain organization of data is so much more streamlined, it lends to AI analysis so much more robustly than our traditional data sets because of an integration between data from different sources. I'm really excited about that application because it can really improve our population health approaches by seeing, you know, patterns in environmental influence, dietary influences in, um, you know, use of certain drugs, just the possibilities are endless. And I think, you know, it can help at the local level up to, you know, national or even global levels, potentially. Um, And, you know, you, 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 uh, you recently started a new position, you know, medical director, Pomelo Care, which is a um, virtual practice, leveraging cutting-edge technology, providing pregnancy-related and newborn care, but, you know, potentially other specialties. Um, How do you see hospital organizations' leadership reacting to Web3, AI, blockchain? Um, Are they on board? Are they resistant? Do they not understand it? Fear? Tell us more. Oh, yeah. I mean, there is always fear. Humans innately do not love change, although change is our only constant, right? Um, You know, I I feel like my experience in medicine has been, we've kind of been behind, especially in OBGYN. We're not privy to a lot of technological advances as other fields, um, which makes sense in a way. Pregnant women, we don't want to experiment, things like that. But we can use technology to help improve processes. We can use technology to streamline care because we know there's, you know, a global burnout conversation situation that has been happening and has now come to a boil. Um, And that's really I see from the system, system issues. This is a system that's not built by physicians for physicians or for the people that they were caring for. It's a lot of, you know, billing, volume. Did you code the right way? It's like, I didn't go to medical school to code. I came, went to medical school to help people, to deliver babies, bring literal life into the world. I think that's enough. Um, I'd like to have a system that makes that a little easier so that you guys can get paid and I can continue to do the things that I love to do. 
you know, at Pomelo Care, I'm very excited to start this position. Um, you know, it's a very innovative platform and very unique in that, you know, we're not just providing care at a virtual access point, but we're also trying to coordinate the care with the in-person providers. So those times between the visits where the patient might not be able to reach somebody in a timely manner, they can get in touch with us within five minutes for sometimes a casual question, sometimes more of an urgent triage situation where they have to make those decisions. Do I drive an hour to the nearest hospital or can I monitor this with a healthcare professional at home? Um, you know, I think that with the burnout situation that we're all confronted with in healthcare is a boon because if you could have that kind of almost a little bit of a virtual safety net where you know a trained, board certified healthcare professional is there to answer your patient's questions and so that they don't show up in the ER for something that probably didn't need to be seen in the ER and they didn't need to waste six hours there. And then, you know, all of the redundant testing that get ends up getting done in emergency situations, you know, that's where we're, we're developing this platform to help curtail and mitigate those risks and make care more comprehensive for the patient, um, which also in effect will reduce stress on the primary provider. Because in addition to that, we're not just doing that in the background, the records are available. The healthcare records that we create of those interactions are available to the provider so that they can see, oh, my patient called in over the weekend, they can address that. We can help um, coordinate earlier visits. We also provide nutrition and lactation support and mental health support, which is you know, services that should be seen as normal for prenatal care, but unfortunately aren't considered always standard because of, you know, short resources. I think that, you know, the concept of having a virtual practice supplement the care is a very new concept to the traditional medical field, but I haven't spoken to any of my colleagues who are like, oh no, that's a horrible idea. It's like, no, you don't want to be up 24-7 because you need to provide care at your optimal optimal energy and well-restedness. So having somebody cover in between is, I think, a great solution. Um, the other thing is that our um, platform works with insurance, provide value-based care. So it's not an extra cost to the practices or the hospitals. Um, right now, we're mostly an employee benefit through several institutions. So I think it's, you know, a great starting point and I'm excited to see us grow. Yeah. Yeah. Really awesome. And uh, I know because you're also an advocate, tell the audience, you know, because um, I know you spoke at NFTLA in Miami as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, tell the work that you're doing with trying to promote Web3 healthcare, you know, you know, Advocate. Yeah, so you know my my role in advocacy is mainly just to educate the general population as well as my physician colleagues and healthcare providers um, about the technology's potentials that we should expect more from our healthcare system because the way it is, the way I see it now, it's like very business like. And we're seeing it in our health outcomes as a nation. We see that we're spending, you know, almost 18% of our GDP 
and our health outcomes are worse than other countries who are spending less. It's like if we could leverage technology to reduce redundant spending, to integrate health records so we have a more complete picture when we're treating a patient, and also for patients to be able to access their healthcare records. It's actually the law, the Cures Act passed last year, made it the law that they have access to their records immediately, but how that, you know, making it a law and making it happen, there's a big bridge that we need to cross. And I think that bridge is with technology. A big part of my advocacy work is just letting people know this is a, this is something that could be a solution. I'm not saying this is like, now it's going to be all flowers and unicorns when this is implemented, but it's going to be a little better than what we have available now. Uh, really, as really great. Um, and where do you see the future of healthcare with these new technologies? Because there's talk about, you know, hospitals, um, you know, it's going to be basically for the most acute, but then, you know, a lot of it's going to more of the care is going to move into homes, you're going to have virtual health, you know, better access to remote areas. Um, what, what do you see? Yeah, I think that, you know, especially, you know, this, there are so many things going on in the world right now in the nation, but there's many, many labor floors that have been closing around the country. There are states where there are only a handful of OB providers in certain areas. Mm. Um, so I think virtual care is really going to continue to grow. I mean, especially after going through the brunt of the pandemic and, you know, seeing how, you know, you can't just quarantine everybody all the time indefinitely, especially those with chronic diseases, especially pregnancy. Pregnancy is a very time limited situation. It doesn't pause because there is a national emergency and virtual platforms, virtual care, you know, is a solution to help step up at least for you know the the low risk or um you know non-emergency situations and also to help prevent emergency situations to help patients be better educated about their health journey their health status um for them to not just you know google things and take that as actual medical advice or go to TikTok for medical advice. I mean, I think that, you know, having certified virtual medical practices as the primary resource is where we can go. And, you know, especially as, you know, we have less brick and mortar rural care, you know, remote locations, um, that's, you know, all the places that this care can really step up. Um, there is a, a platform that I recently learned about called, um, I don't know if it's right to call it a platform, it's called Avenir Health. They're a digital health network. They're working with CVS Health, um, the Cleveland Clinic, and a few other health networks with their own private blockchain that they're starting to employ this very concept of integrating records amongst the national network of different hospitals and healthcare access points. Yeah. Yeah. Really awesome conversation. You really highlighted the, you know, what this technology is, potential applications, pitfalls. What do you, last, last thing is, what do you say uh, to the, you know, you know, a physician turns on the Bloomberg or CNBC and they hear, um, you know, crypto, NFTs, scam, regulation. What do you say to the, you know, to the audience? So, I mean, how the mainstream media portrays things is 
sometimes the opinion of a few, I believe that, um, you know, that could be highlighting scams. It could be highlighting a negative experience with the technology, but scams and negative experiences have been happening before all this technology came to light. It's kind of similar to what they said when the internet first started being widely available in the 90s that, you know, oh, this is just a fad and it's going to go away. It's like, no, it's going to keep evolving, um, you know, as we evolve in our uses of it. Um, I think it's important to keep an open mind and look at these other applications because, you know, especially when the, the mainstream media covers things like FTX and those kind of, mm-hmm. you know, this crypto company went bust and this, it's just like, well, that really wasn't to do with the technology more than it was to do with the money and that aspect, but that doesn't have a direct correlation to the technology itself and what it can do for other fields. Yeah. Like I said, it's the wild west, still early innovation yeah. technology, but to follow the trends. So how can people contact you, follow you, you know, connect with you on LinkedIn, etc. Yeah. So um, I'm on LinkedIn is Dr. Melissa Walsh. Um, on my socials, I'm Spotty Wifey. Um, SP. I also have a website, Dr. Malone. So I'm available at all of those locations. Um, and I'm really, really grateful to be here today. Thank you so much. Yeah, great conversation. And for all the all the other Melissa's, um, I should say, Dr. Walsh resources will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for providing so much information expertise and guidance. Thank you so much. I hope you really enjoyed that wonderful, inspirational, motivational piece. Again, if you, wherever you are listening, if you liked it, be sure to like, comment, share, subscribe. We're on everywhere, Spotify, iTunes, Google, Amazon, Audible, Without much ado, be sure to thank this show's sponsors, and we'll see you next week.